This is the Bar Stewards Enquiry. You are talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. In, in what way? You are an underachiever in life. You were, I saved your bacon one time. You were gone. Well, I couldn't save you. I, I don't know if you are, but you said the right thing. But well, that's why you don't know anything about racing, John. I, I didn't say I do. Right? I'm saying that. What have what you contributed to racing? You are one of these take-out merchants. Take out all you can. And a very warm welcome to the Bastards Inquiry Super Saturday podcast. Uh, my name's Lee Keys of SystemBet.co.uk, and with me tonight are John Ling of John Joe's Blogspot and a very special guest this evening. It's Bickley14 of Twitter, Andy Richmond. A lot of you will have known Andy, Andy from his racing TV days. Very warm welcome to you, Andy. Thank you. Thanks, uh, thanks, Guy. I feel quite honoured to be on, actually. <laughs> I'm not sure if the uh, the bars are probably right with the bars. <laughs> Epithet. I should probably think that. I'll probably uh, uh, come that way now. Yeah, uh, it's um, yeah, Super Saturday. Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's hope it is Super Saturday. The standards soon drop throughout the show as the, as the gin kicks in and and, and John, <laughs> John has a few expletives to say about certain things. The, the, you know, the, the pleasantries soon drop off. But um, no, it's great to have you on and I'm sure you'll help with the content for this very, very busy day indeed. Uh, right, gents, uh, just a few questions before we get kicked off, because it is extremely busy. Uh, there's only three, which is quite pleasant. Um, <laughs> usually we get about 14, and we get onto the tips after about an hour. The first one, Lorne Malvo, who's a, a contributor to the show, he wants to know, especially from you two guys, is Baid uh, the real deal? Start with you, Andy. What do you think to Baid? I was pretty impressed with his run yesterday. Um especially the way he came from off the pace. Um, he's obviously a still a work in progress. And um, I just wonder if Mr. Haggis has got his shaggy. Well, did he have a shaggy shirt from yesterday? Um, because he must be looking at it. I, from what I've read uh, and what he said, he's, he's going to sort of take it easy with him. And I don't think we're going to get the Palace Pier um, poetic um, bust up, are we? Uh, yeah. I don't think we're going to get that uh, just yet. We may get it in time. Um, I'd be interested to see him take him on. I think he's going to take it softly, softly with him. But I was impressed yesterday with the way he dealt with four reasonable types. But you couldn't help but be visually impressed by him. I don't know what John thinks. Go, John. Well, first of all, I'd just like to welcome Andy and congratulate him on possibly committing career Harry Carey. <laughs> Career went years career went years ago, John. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm sixty this year. I don't think I'm worried about career prospects anymore. Um by, yeah, um you couldn't help but be impressed with that, could you really? Re- really impressive performance. Um I would say he probably looks as though he's gonna take it softly, softly. Might see him in the QE too. Um you never know, Shadwell might persuade him to crack on a bit and have a go at the Sussex. It'd be nice to think he would, but um, my gut feeling is we'll probably see him clash with something a bit tasty in the QA too, maybe. I think he's good, though. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the, the time's come back more or less replicating what he's done before, which suggests that the opposition which did look very tasty beforehand, um, probably run a shade below par. It comes out about anywhere between 112 and 115 
the performance, which is obviously, if you look at the Bear ratings and obviously Palace Pier, he's got some way to go to get to that level as 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 his poetic flair. Um, but for me, there's something about him visually I like. I, th- I, 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 I think he's got a, a far more electric turn of foot than, say, Palace Pier. Um, somebody will probably like belittle me on that on sectionals, but he, he visually looks like he's just got that more boot um, to get him out of trouble at any point than, say, Palace Pier, who, who for me didn't look impressive at all in the Queen Anne, um, looked very laborious. Um, and you know, just did what he had to, which is probably his style. But it's fascinating when they match. But is he the real deal? Yes, he's a he's a genuine snake sauce. And I think Willie will probably take it easy with him. Probably maybe Ascot Celebration Mile um, at the end of August. Is it or is it Goodwood? I'm not, I think it's Ascot. I'm not sure. Ascot Goodwood, end of August. Um, and then probably go to Group Ones probably in the autumn. Yeah, good question. Um, right, Ian Davis has been on, and obviously uh, R.I.P. Newbury, folks. Uh, <laughs> the, this is leaving the uh, the safe haven of racing TV for the bluster of Sky Sports Racing. Uh, Ian, Ian Davis says, BHA should have its own media rights monopoly racing channel, own data rights monopoly tote, own monopoly betting exchange, still none out of the three. Not a chin in sight, but plenty of old school ties isn't bad. Panels views, he says. I'll start with you, John, on this. Do you know I used to like Newbury? Um, I, I did. The impressive Tash was in charge. Everything was fine and dandy. Going forecast was pretty accurate. And then Panorama happened. <laughs> he, got, he got Ginger by the scruff of the neck, frog marched him off the track, ignored Carson, telling Bradders he couldn't save him and all this. The next thing he goes and shaves the tash off, and it was like Samson with his, getting his hair cut. The going forecast went to shit. Everything just started taking a nosedive at Newbury, and this is the latest in a series of catastrophes really at the place. It was such a good track, and now we're going to have fuzzy pictures that might as well be in sepia, and. Uh, there's going to be a 45-minute delay on most of them as well. So, <laughs> good-looking good running punters. There's another one with a line spell. Yeah. Andy, your views on this? Uh, well, probably along the lines of John's, maybe not in such colourful language. But, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, for someone who plays in running a lot like I do, it's another bit of a death knell. We have got three um, three Labrooks festivals, you and I would call it, still call it the Hennessy. Um, left uh, on a decent on a decent channel at least, um, but it is like a lot of tracks. I, you know, there's a lot of tracks around. I won't name any at the moment, but it just seems to be the quality just seems to be dipping away a little bit. And, and I can't believe it was a real shock actually, because you think they were one of the sort of founding fathers almost of um, of what was. You know, RT, you know, what was the forerunner of RTVR UK? Um, yeah. And I just believe it. I mean, if you look at their balance sheet, you cannot not believe that it's something to do with cash here. Of course, since then, we've had the announcement that all the other 33 race courses are staying with, um, are staying with um, RTV and RMG uh, for the foreseeable until, was it 2029? So that's, that is good news. But uh, I mean, you know, the the pictures on you know Sky Sports Red. John's right there. I mean, uh, they are as much much use as a chocolate teapot, aren't they? 
I mean, that's when they're not missed the start because you've got an incontinence ad running or something like that. <laughs> or something, you know, over 60s pensions or something like that. I suppose I'm in the right target audience now. But, I mean, you know, they miss, they do miss an awful lot. And the ads get on my tits, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a backward and retrograde step. Um, but race courses, because of the position they are in with money these days, you know, I think they've seen the pound signs here and and taken them. Yeah, I kind of miss the chums. I kind of miss the chums adverts at the races because <laughs> everyone used to comment after like you know new chums, you know, for, like, after nothing, after nothing after wrong three, with the chum, yeah. nothing wrong with the chums catalogue there. Yeah, really. I used to, I used to, the, the chums were my favourite ads really. Yeah, the new pair of chums needed after oh. after you've uh, you've just just scraped them on a threes on bet. Or something. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll I'll send you the latest catalogue. Yeah, he's still like that. Um, but yeah, like like you say, guys, for me, it's... Um, it's I mean, to answer Ian's question, you know, a little bit, uh, other bits in that. I, 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 yes, you, you, we all need, you know, we could do with a, an exchange, da, 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 blah, de, blah, but we're not going to get it. You know, that's a utopian ideal and we're just not, we're just never going to get it. You know, that, that ship has sailed years and years and years ago. Um, and I think Ian wrote in the other week and said, you know, or one of our other um, uh, regular listeners uh, and said very much that, you know, what what is good at the moment? And you sort of, you do fear for the product a little bit. And, you know, I share John's fears with um, the BHA. I genuinely despair about some of the people there at the moment. He's <laughs> not, it's not looking good for sure. I mean, like, like you said, to answer Ian, some of the Ian's point, the ship has sailed. They should have bought the tote. They should have, they should have, they should at least get the tote involved and 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 bring money back into prize money, boost prize funding all across the board. They didn't, you know. They they let old Baldy Bet Fred get it, and and it's just, <laughs> you know, I mean, just idiocy. I mean, I mean, they've got some. I mean, Lorne Malvo made a point, I think, a few weeks ago on the show about the, the jockey club rooms. They've probably got a painting on the wall in the jockey clubs. Probably worth that. About fifty million, you know. There's paintings on the wall. You know, it's like they're draped in cash, but they just they're getting cash skin, and now they're in the the back pockets of every single bookmaking chain going. And we're at the mercy, I'm afraid, of the bookmakers, as you can tell with the race times, as you can tell with the future product coming up, which is the twilight meetings on a Sunday, on a Sabbath. We're going to be starting racing at three thirty and. Finishing at 7 p.m. on a Sunday, thanks to Skybet's initiative. Oh, it's a wonderful initiative. We all need uh, 3:30 p.m. on a Sunday till 7 p.m. racing. I mean, what on earth is this sport coming to? But sorry, Ian, it's, there's no good news on here. Ever. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, right, final question before we get onto the meat of it, because we've got 11 ITV races, so it's a very busy show. Um, final question, Sean Griffiths. And it's a good question, this, because, like me, we all had a bit of info about Subjectivist. Um, and he, he says, why did it take the kilt so long to tell everyone about Subjectivist injury? John, why did it take the kilt so long when it was common knowledge and it was all on the grapevines probably three or four days before and finally the kilt comes on TV at Newmarket and then spills the beans? But why, why, why did it take him so long, John? Well, let's be fair, he is the reason that God invented the middle finger, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, 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 
think I pulled a muscle there. Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> I mean, it's just been his usual contrary self, wasn't he? You know, I mean, if he, if he knows everybody's champing at the bit waiting for an announcement, he won't do it. You, you know, he's as open as his ass, really. Um, <laughs> what, you, what, you know, what are you going to say? It's just, you, you know, even if he hasn't Johnston the horse, he'll Johnston the, the people waiting for everything else. You know, we all know when you're Ben Johnston. I mean, I mean, don't you think it was just a shade odd that that obviously the, the news broke probably about three days before, I think. I, I got a text saying any, any anti-person advice for the Goodwood Cup as sub- subjectivist is likely out. And I went, not really, but but thanks for, thanks for the nod. But then, like you said, I mean, old Popeye's been doing it over the jumps anyway, you know, like Popeye's will drift on the exchanges and... All of a sudden, you know, he's tightened that up as Popeye. He, he, he was maybe waiting on what the vet said as well, whether he was going to get it back this year or not. I, I don't know. But, you know, I mean, gut failing is it, it was just being Johnston. Yeah. Andy, Andy should, should, should probably have Johnson have spoke sooner when this was probably common knowledge, probably a long way. If, 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 the, if the snouts are finding out three days before Johnston announces, um, you know, Johnson will have known well before the snouts, obviously. So, should he have announced it sooner? It probably should have, but that's as John said. That's that's Johnston, isn't it? It's sort of like the kingdom of Johnston up there, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit, he's the king of Midland. He does run things as as he you know as he wants to. I suppose does he have to say anything? Probably he should do. As you say, it's pretty. It was pretty common knowledge. I probably didn't know as early as you, Lee, but it didn't come as a massive surprise. No. I feel sorry for the horse because he's a horse I've actually followed for a long, long time now, and I thought with a better ride, it could have actually won the Ledger last year. To be honest with you, um, they've actually sort of got it out right out in front. Um, it is a shame for the horse, shame for the owners, shame for the breeders as well. Um, yeah. And he, he should have. He probably, he probably just. Uh, he probably just wanted to come on telly and get a bit of uh, FaceTime, didn't he? Rather than just announce it in the papers. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's always a it's always a moot point with uh, announcing it, and you can see there are certain stables. Um, obviously, you know Henderson's always one, isn't he? With you know it's a bit leaky, and others are, are airtight. I think we probably need to. It's just an area that you get you you get yourself into. Um, he probably should have said something. Um, to be fair, he did look fairly um, um, upset's the wrong word. He did look a bit sort of shaken about it. Um, so I thought, I, in a way, I felt a bit. I've almost felt sorry for him. There you go. Right. It, it, well, there you go. Like Andy feels sorry for the kilt jump, but I mean, only I mean, occasionally. Yeah, but, but the way the way I saw it was that 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 basically. You know, I think information like that's important for punters. I do feel sorry for connections, like like Andy says. I, th- I think it's a, it's a real crying shame. Um, but I think always in them cases, there's not what what is wrong with people? Can they just not say, well, we, we, we hold your bets on sub- subjectivists because X, Y, and Z for the for the Goodwood Cup? You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was nothing from the yard. Um, it's probably probably beating Deirdre up. I don't know, but anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we'll move I on. on <laughs> yeah, I think I would as well, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's why he, that's why he's so grumpy, John, because he even gets beat by Deirdre. But <laughs> um, there we go. Right, we'll move on to the racing. This is where you can reach for the pink pink button. Uh, 
for our selections at any point. Um, we're going to start Super Saturday off with Ascot because I hate Ascot. It's rubbish. Um, there's, there's, there's so many. I mean, look at look at the rail meeting this year. What a pathetic example for racing. You know, is it the centre? Is it the far side? Is it the stand side? Where's the best ground? Where, where? What a load of ramble. I mean, this. I mean, this is the thing. Like I said, we, you start watering, and this is what you create. You create absolute, you know, cesspits. And I thought we saw that again today, guys. I thought I thought the the, the rail was worth a, worth a few quid today. Uh, the stands rail that might all change tomorrow. We, this is the, this is the randomness of the place. They probably end up watering just to suit themselves and make everybody look daft the day after. But um, anyway, uh, we start off with the two ITV races. The three o'clock races, the Bet Fred Summer Mile Stakes, a Group Two event, and we've got a race here where everything beats each other. Um, which is lovely, you know. Super Saturday, everything beats each other. It's just you may as well just roll the dice. Sabuska and Tilsit are currently five to one joint market leaders for this. Any views on this? I'll I'll come to you, Andy, first on this. Um, well, it's a mile on the round course, isn't it? I've managed to well, man. There's nine pound between the lot of them on from ratings. So, yeah. as you say, Lee, you might as well roll the dice on this one. Um, it was this. This used to be run at Linkfield. Uh, whilst you were sort of going back through your historical uh, heritage handicaps the other day and deciding wow. what they were called. Um, it's actually been a group two since 2007. Um, but um, uh, the interesting thing here is um, who's going to ride some of these horses? Because, you know, most of the major m- major job is at new, uh, new Market in York today. Yeah. Um, as you say, everything sort of beats everything, doesn't they? Um You've got three from the Queen Anne, Sabaska, Top Rank, Regal Reality. They were third, sixth and tenth behind yeah. the uh, uh, Palace Pier. Um, I thought Tilsit might have a chance here. Um, he was second in the Group 1 Dispahan last time out behind a decent animal in Skeletti. Um, he's had a couple the couple behind him in that race. Uh, the wonderfully named Wally and, and, and Ecrevane were fourth and sixth. They both won next time out in group races, admittedly in Milan and uh, in Italy and France. Um, and he was a dual winner last year as well. This is actually the first time he's run in Britain um, this year. Oh, Tilsit might have a little bit of a chance here against what are a bunch who've generally beaten them, each other. If this, You almost think this should be a handicap, shouldn't you? Yeah, you, you can have one of those like strange American sort of like like handicap races. You yeah, know, you know, like where everything's sort of rated within about four pounds of each other. It, it, it is a strange feel. Um, I've got got no selection. It's gin and pate for me. <laughs> Very uh, early in the afternoon. Yes, and uh, yeah, I might not even watch. I mean, which is saying something. But but there we go. That's that's my output. So Tilsit Friday at uh, around the five to one mark. Charles Hills and Kieran Skidmark in the saddle. John, have you got anything for me uh, for the summer mile? Well, I thought Sir Busker absolutely picked the bits up last time. I, I, I didn't for a minute think that that justified his rating going up from 110 to 115. I mean, he was running through corpses, to be honest. Um, I would have liked Tilsit, but as you point out there, uh, Kieran Skidmark wouldn't be. Somebody I'd, I'd be uh, choking and following over a cliff or anywhere else, to be honest. No. The one I liked is the one that's uh, been locked up in Dubai with the princess. That's Elsa Dale. <laughs> um, let him down last time, and we know what happens in Dubai. If you, you get 
to <laughs> if, you, if you let anybody down. And anyway, it looks like he's chilled through the straps, got himself back over here. Uh, Pat Dobbs wouldn't be a bad boking for a man to negotiate around the um, the round mile. Uh, Appleby horse is remaining reasonable form. I think eight to one is pretty decent, given that the likes of regular reality probably want it rattling fast and loads of pace to run at. This seems adaptable. I think eight to one's fair value each way. Okay, okay. I mean, obviously disappointed behind Lord North last time, but was previously third to Lord Glitters um, in the Grade One at Maidan back 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 in, in early March. Um, yeah, uh, that's that. Been well back that twelve into eight. Um, bit bit of a move for that. So the Appleby team feel that Alsa Hale's in good order there. So that's Alsa Hale for John Tilsit for um, Andy and for me a sit out. But I will say I did watch Savuska at Longchamp on its penultimate start. Um, and it got basically, it was just an absolute farce of a race for a horse that likes to come from the back. Maybe, maybe does I mean, any of you on Sabuska guys, do, do you think the round track will suit that horse? I'm not so sure because I think it's better probably off a straight track finishing off a strong pace. That, that's, what, that's what put me off it. I yeah. thought it was much better on a straight track. As John said last time, you know, going up five pounds for that was. That was, um, yeah, that could be a bit beyond him. He's not exactly, you know, I know he runs well here, but he's not exactly a winning machine here. He picks up, it's always one of those horses who seems to pick up a lot of pieces. Yeah. He's won one race here, which seems to stick in everybody's mind at Ascot and, and been beaten here four times, admittedly in decent company, but he's almost one of those they've run to pick the pieces up. Can't blame them for doing that. They've picked up a fair bit of money, but it's not done an awful lot for his rating, has it? <laughs> No, so straight track horse, I think, for us is mm. Sabuska. I think that's the problem. Which He's going to get. could have done with him at the Euros, actually. He's just a bloody good sweeper, isn't he? <laughs> a sweeper up, yeah. Right, we move on to the 335 at Ascot. It's the uh, second race on the telly there. It's the five furlong Betfred Heritage hat. See, this, see, I had this, I, I, I was irate the other night because. I, I don't agree with this. I, I forget name. I'm, I'm quite. I'm getting more forgetful as I get older. And Betfred Heritage Handicap. So it's a heritage. heritage I would love to, love to know the original name of this. And I think this this is wrong. Bookmakers must be requesting this because, like, surely you'd just go with the Betfred whatever the actual historical name title is, and then it helps me to remember what they actually are. Well, Lee, I actually went back. It's, this is the ninth running in its current guise, and when it was the first running was actually under the Betfred name, and then it's been run under the Tote Pool and Tote uh, Scoop 6 name ever, ah. sort of ever since, and Betfred. So God knows what it, what it was before. I've got no idea. But this is the ninth running in the current guise, and it's always been bookmaker-sponsored. Listeners, if you've got any information on that, Davis might Davis might know. He might know, but I, yeah. Davis is like you know when he's not studying West Ham and, and Michael Antonio, <laughs> he, he, he's got his head in time form books from 1978, so he might find this out. Um, right, so so right, significantly is the 11 to two market leader. John, any thoughts on this? Well, it's funny you should mention Davis actually because uh, myself and the oldest member of the Intercity firm. So I had a bit of a coming together on this. With oh. uh, we we were both strangely drawn to Ostilio of Paul Smidgley's. Uh, I think the reason being that we've probably both got the bloody thing in mind for the Stewards Cup as well. But it was interesting that he's been running it mainly over seven, 
And yet last time out, he gave it a nice sharpener over five. Now, whether this run over a stiff five is just to put it right for the stewards, and he possibly wouldn't want a penalty for the stewards either. So with that in mind, although I will not let him run loose because it's a absolute slash your wrists and chop your bollocks off job if he went and won because he's about 40s. Um, I've actually gone with uh, my friend the Britain family and Monja Medge, who I think's got a cracking draw and uh, will be delivered late to stop him dogging it probably. But uh, I think given he's, he's been running really well in these type of races, I think 12, 12 to one's about his price at the minute. I think yeah. he's, he's quite a solid pick. Yeah, um, on the bench, I mean, obviously showed, showed a bit of temperament. Um, quite tricky, but like, like, like you say, John, very talented type of horse that could end up like three figures. You know, whenever if he starts to, you know, be amenable, race properly, do things right. Um, I see, I see the potential in the horse, and it's kind of sickening when you see but that uh, Anthony Britton went to the sales in, on 26th of August last year. And paid four thousand guineas. Don't you worry, Melvin's fourth barn will run the temper out of this lad and eventually get one an even kill. Yeah, um, you, you can see the signs with this. This this is a, it's it's like a slow burner. It's one of these where you can see this sort of winning in pattern company. You know, in in time, it's you, you can see it. Um, it's just it's just channeling that energy, if you like. So Mondamedge. John selection at 12 to 1 with a mention for um, Ostilio maybe in the longer term. That's a bullseye, 50 to 1. Andy, any views here? Uh, well, I'm going to agree with John actually on Mondamage. I thought he ran a tremendous race against Shalab last time out, who haired home up the. Uh, I'm not sure it was a, quite a golden highway at Newcastle last time out, or he's just very well handicapped. But Mondamage was way away over the far side. I never think is the place to be at Newcastle, although I'm not the greatest reader of Newcastle races. Um, but I did think it was a good run. He was second of 14. He just didn't have anything to take him into the race. Like John, I think he's a little bit of a... Um, I'm not, I have to say he's a twicer, but I just he's going to need... Every, he needs everything to drop right for him, doesn't he? There's a couple yeah. of previous winners back in this as well. Danzino's won it before. Tis marvellous for a big handicap. To be honest with you, there's nothing at a big price has won this. The other one I thought was Tis marvellous for the the Cox Barn. Um, he won this off 103 in 2019. He's off 101 here. He was fourth of eight last time out. That was his first run in a handicap since winning this. And he was he was fourth uh, behind came from the dark, who, of course, we know was in second in the Paris house and won the Coral Charge. And Kings Lynn was third. And I think that form stacks up pretty well here. Uh, I'm sure what price is is about 10, 12 to one. It is marvellous. Yeah, being nibbled that best price nine to one at the moment. Yeah, I think there's been a few nibbles in that. And he's drawn 17. Again, got Mr. Schumacher on. But uh, with the with the. When you've got Super Saturday and they can only ride at one meeting these days, you've got to take what you can get. So um, um, it wouldn't totally put me off. Um, he does like Ascot. Um, I don't think they need any more rain there. And I think that's another thing for the listeners to watch out for throughout the evening. You're going to be on weather watch because there's an awful lot of rain around. Um, I know he's a seven year old now, but he seems to be enthusiastic. And I did like that uh, Newbury run last time out. As I say, the... Uh, 
Mr Cox seems to have his um, horses in reasonable form of late. Um, and I'd probably give Boundless Power a mention as well, even though he's up in grade. Um, he only beat three last time out at, um, at Nottingham. But again, I think he's drawn the right side. And I think he's a horse who is on the up and up. Um, so there'd be sort of, sort of almost three against the field, Boundless Power, Moon Image and Tis Marvellous. But if I had to put one up, I think it would be Tis Marvellous. Yep, good analysis, Andy. Uh, Tis Marvellous, obviously a, a real course. I wouldn't call him a course specialist because he's not had multiple, multiple wins. Uh, but, he, but he does run this course very, very well. Like you say, you wouldn't want any showers. You know, you, the, mm-hmm. the, he would be at his best, um, you know, on a sound surface. He was, so, he was fourth in a king stand on good to soft, but I'm not really sure it was that good to soft. No, it was probably, no, if it's racing yeah. post going description, it was probably yeah. hard. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it is marvellous. Yeah, he's a good shout of 101. Um, still think he's got in him, in him at seven. Draw 17, like like we've highlighted earlier, it could be an advantage high. But we do, with the weather and the storms or, or any any showers, we, we could look complete idiots um, come tomorrow. But but good shouts there from 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 the guys. Tis marvelous for Andy uh, Mondamedge, also a good mention from John. Andy likes Mondamedge, and uh, also Ostilio. Maybe put Ostilio in your trackers for later mm. in the season. That's 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 a, a work in progress. Um, that's a bullseye. For Paul Midgley. Right, we'll get rid of Ascot, thankfully. Awful place. Um, and we'll move on to um Newmark. No, no, we'll go to York. We'll go to York first. Um uh, yes, it's 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 um it's the right place to go. And we'll leave Newmarket to last, which is obviously the principal meeting in July Cup to finish proceedings. So we go to York for the 145 race. We switched to northern northeast England. John Smith racing handicap class two handicap and uh uh, a a a agile 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 William Haggis. Um, that's the uh, uh, current joint market leader, I believe, with Jump the Gun. Um, for this race, nineteen go to post. Um, John, any view in this? Well, I think agile. Um, is you know, I think he's probably a worthy favourite. Um, the the one I actually liked though was Eagleway. Um, of Nelly Furtado's. I've sort of had half, half an eye on this horse this year, and uh, he's been chirping okay. The the thing that I am interested about here is, um, and I'm going to roll myself out of a date here, Jane Elliott off, Jim Crowley on. Uh, I think that could be quite significant because I think a little bit more from the saddle could help here. But, I mean, he's been running all right. Ran out right of 92 last time. Hasn't been over first since coming over here. You know? I mean, there's been a lot of racing in France and that prior to that, but since coming over here, I think, I think he's just trying this right nicely. I, th- I think 91 is quite sporting. Cool. So, eagle way for John, Ivan Furtado. Let's hope that flies like a bird at yes. around the 9 to nine, 1 mark. Um, <laughs> Uh, bum bum. Um, right, yeah, we'll move on to Andy's selection and choice in this, please. Um, it wouldn't be the strongest, but I'm going to say I think John's been reading over my shoulder. But um, Eagle Way, um, he ran a very good race last time out uh, in a race which was just no, I mean, just went a crawl, ended up a two furlong sprint, um, and it just wasn't the best placed. And I would agree with John that you know, Jane Elliott, she's fair. 
but she wouldn't be the strongest in the saddle. And I think he just needed a little bit more encouragement. If you can remember the first, the first time he ran over, he ran a really good race in the Victoria Cup. Um, and um, he's sort of one of those sort of mildly progressive horses. Uh, and I think he's got I think he's got a fair chance in here. There's actually, strangely for York, there's only one course and distance winner in the field. That's Crowthorn. Um, who's actually four pound below his last winning mark. Um, Young Fire, I think he's, I, I did I do like this horse, but I think he's going to struggle off a hundred, uh, having won at Haydock last week. Jump the gun didn't strike me as the sort to follow up really off a seven pound higher mark. And and interestingly, Mr Haggis had uh, Amethyst, who's well fancied for the uh, Bunbury Cup, also entered in this, but he's gone with Agile who was fourth of seven here in May. So you'd give him a chance. But I think Eagle White's got a reasonable chance in this in what is a typically tip, uh, typically difficult York handicap on the York. Good shout. So so we've got John and Andy both in agreement with Eagle Way for Ivan Furtado on the jockey upgrade uh, to Jim Crowley. Um, I did some I did some stats on this. And, and right, there's an interesting thing at York, and this is massive. Um Mile handicaps at York with 14 runners or more. Um, stalls 1, 2, 3 are 33 from 282. 13 winners above expectation for a 1.63 uh, actual over expected. And um, they beat 57% of runners. Stall 15 and above, 5 from 247. 0.488. And six winners below expectation, beating just 44% of runners. It's pretty damning. You you really need. I, I think I think if you. I mean, I'm not saying you know you can't win from a middle or high draw. I'm just saying that if you want to go to war with one, you need you need a low draw. And what I liked here was, um, and I just thought I'd give I'd give you something interesting. Lexington Knight um, of Hannon the Cannon. Um, he, he, he's a serial messer. Um, he messes about. He's, he's been messing about for God knows how long. You know, the ability is immense. If you just watch the Haydock run on the 27th of May, he basically says no for the first half of the race. No, no, I'm not doing it. No. And then finishes like the proverbial rattle past the purse and would have won another two strides. Um, and then decided next time at Windsor he was going to do the business and, and he actually got his head in front. Um, and he, you could tell if you watch the closing stages, he gets his head in front and he's just said, oh, all right, then go on. Um, and there's so much more there under the bonnet. It's just he's just he's just clearly just saying, well, he's a bit of a bit of a playboy, if you like. Uh, still a cult as well. Um, and I just felt from a really good pitch. Um, he's the type of thing I've seen this before in tricky horses where they'll dog it for ages and then not bother. And then all of a sudden. They win a race and then they'll, they'll decide they'll win another, and it's 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 a bit like that, and I don't know why that is. It's just I, I've seen it many a time, and Lexington Knight for me should be used in exotics, maybe forecast, tricast, place betting only. I think it's a cracking place bet only. It's better than eighty three, hundred percent, one hundred percent. It's better than eighty three. I can tell you that for now. It's just whether it decides to do it, but. I don't. Every race it's running, it's always decided to do it. It's just when it gets there, it messes about. So Lexington Knight for me at long odds, twenty to one plus. I thought it was interesting there, and it's interesting with the draw stats that that obviously that that also plays a part as well. 
Right, we'll move on to the 220 at York. It's the uh, mile and six furlong John Smith Silver Club. Cup. Club, even. That's the gin kicking in. Uh, it's number three gin, by the way, tonight. It's not the Tanker 8, it's number three. Um, uh, Amazon deal, £26 a bottle instead of the 36. Anyway, Silver Group 3 event. Hookum is the favourite at 11 to 4. Um, Tongue tied for the first time for Owen Burroughs and Jim Crowley. Any thoughts here? Andy, I'll come to you first. Um, well, small stat, small sample size, but Owen Burroughs is naught from eight with first time tongue ties. Um, Interesting. So, um, my first thought was stepping him up in trip. I mean, did he really stay in the ledger last year? I mean, he ran a good race in the Hardwick um, when he was third of ten. Yeah. But there were one or two others I preferred in this um, to him. I don't know what price he is on the exchange. Um, and obviously people by nature might not be layers, but I did think anything under three to one was a little bit short. Uh, and there were one or two in this who appealed more. Um, one who would appeal is Fujiara Prince. Uh, who's got a fine record off breaks. He's been off 266 days. He's won off 285 days off, 324 days off, and 362 days off. They kept him fresh for the Ebor last year uh, after Royal Ascot, um, and he won the Ebor off 108 last year, and then went on to be second of eight in the Irish St Ledger, uh, over a mile and six on good to soft. He actually traded at 1.86 there for the people who like to trade. And in the long distance cup, over two miles on soft, I don't think he quite got home. He was a good third of 13. Again, he traded pretty short in that. His York form is very good. And he is actually the top rated in this of 115. I thought anywhere sort of nine to two, five to one, which he is currently on the Betfair screen, was pretty decent value. That is cracking analysis. Absolutely to the point. Um, you make some very salient points there about the horse best fresh. Good course form, um, the highest rated in the race. Fantastic. So, Andy's selection there for Jera Prince, uh, available five to one. And you get Mr. Atzini as well. He must be buzzing at the moment with um, Italy being in the final. Shame they're yeah. getting beaten, though, but there you go. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that, that, that is definite. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, so for Jera Prince, great selection there from Andy at five to one. Some great reasoning there. Hope you took that in. Um, John, come to you on this. Do you know, I was sort of wishing we weren't doing a podcast the night before this because it's one of them races I'm fascinated to see what actually wins it, but I don't really fancy nailing my colours to the mast with anything. Um, I think this is a really big arse for Owen Hookham. I think he, he needs to be winning something like this with him. And um, I, think, I think there's one or two starting to ask a few questions about Owen's training at the minute. And I think he needs to... Knock one of these off sharpish, really. Um, the, as for the race, um, there's two horses and Mr Haggis's that I absolutely love. Um, I'm worried about the ground for our old mate, Roberto Escobar. Yeah, it depends, it depends on showers, John, doesn't it? If, if it stays yeah. quick, it's quickening up at York today. If it, quick, if it stays dry um, tomorrow and we, we avoid showers, it brings Roberto into this, doesn't it? Quick ground, I'd have been all over him, to be honest. Um, yeah. As, I mean, as things stand, I, I can't, in all conscience, back him. Um, I think of the others, Fugera Prince is very, very hard to crab. Um, Sonny Boy Liston, actually, good solid arse, never runs a stinker. Should be there about for a car, so he's never seen York. So you, you could have one of, one of them scenarios where 
Irish arse comes over appearing in good form and needs a stretcher at the home turn. <laughs> and the one I thought I might just chance a couple of quid on is for our favourite training duo, Ralph and Rafe. <laughs> v. Um, now, when <laughs> you start laughing, um, it was campaigned like a good arse last year. I mean, they, they ran this in the derby. Um, he looked a bit, well, a bit iffy, shall we say. Now, they've the gelded him, so if the knackers off brings a bit more focus to his game, uh, I think he could be dangerous. And plus, they won't give a monkey's if it tipples down tonight. I think uh, 40 to 1 in a race that's worth watching, if nothing else. I, I think if, if you feel as though you must have a bet, you're in two, man. Chuck a few quid at Max. Interesting. I, I, yeah, I mean, 40 to 1, Max Vega. Uh, I mean, 4 0, 40 to 1, blind 40. 50 is on Betfair at the moment. There's only Marvelous. a couple of quid there, but. Um, Marvellous. Yeah, we love big prices. On, we love big prices on this show. A couple, couple of other points, Lee. Uh, Roberto Escobar, I mean, that listed race he won last time out when he beat Red Verdon. I mean, that form's been franked. And just if you are playing in running, he did find an awful lot for pressure last time out. Don't be pressing the pink button if he comes under the cosh. He hit 11 last time out and still went on and still won and won. And I wouldn't give up on the other ab yet. Um, I don't think he had the race run to suit Ascot last time out at all. Um, and that was his first try at that level. I wouldn't write him off. Do you know what, John? Say that again. Do you think he's gagging for 14 furlongs? No, I, I, I just... I just don't think I don't think he's gagging for this trip. I just wouldn't if they bring him back in trip. I wouldn't write him off just on the basis of that mm. one. If I'm really interested to see how he goes tomorrow. If you said to me you got a back one, then it's going to be Fujiara Prince, um, definitely. Yeah, I mean I I I've listened to you two's opinion here. I I, I do like Andy's argument on Fujiara Prince. Um, it's something I hadn't considered the the, the fresh angle. Uh, I do like that. I think I think it's a really good point. Um, like and Andy's also spot on when he said about Illarab last time. Don't go to town with the form necessarily with Hookham and Illarab because nothing made ground from off the pace. There was Broom. Broom was like the sort of like the the, the furthest back, but Broom was well in front of Illarab, and that was the third place to us. Nothing made ground at all. He just he they, they stayed the the position. So that was my angle that I'd be just. But Hookham's on the drift, so I, I was thinking Hookham might be a well-back favourite, but it, obviously it's on the drift now. But great points. I, I think I think I think both of you made some made some excellent points there. And like I say, Roberto Escobar um, is 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 the hidden gem. But we need to see fast ground for Roberto Escobar. I don't think he handles the slop. So if if we get any showers, we don't want to be back in that. Right, we'll move on quickly to the uh, next race on the York card that's on the uh, ITV uh, racing, which is, of course, the big race of York's calendar, which is the John Smith's Cup. Um, I, I, I do love this race. A lot of good memories over time. We get a lot of good horses beating this, John, don't we? Medician, et cetera, et cetera. We get plenty beating this, some real good horses. It's just a shame more, more three-year-olds don't get the chance these days uh, to maybe tackle this this race, uh, and and you know it's maybe a sign of the times where we possibly bring in a rule where we'd probably say the top two three year olds rated that enter are allowed to run because that adds the spice to the race. I think a lot of these big big handicaps, the Ebor, 
they don't have the spice because the three-year-olds can't get in. So it, it becomes a, a, a very congested, um, like, you know, eight, eight or nine pounds from, from, from top rated to bottom rated where it's a bit boring. And I think the three-year-olds did have, have the spice. Do you agree with that, John? I do entirely. Yeah, it's, it is a shame. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's it. I think the race is crying out for another potential class three-year-old that the bookies have to throw in at five to two, nine or four. Do you bet it? You know, like like Medician was. You know, Medician was yeah. like five to two, nine or four for the race. It's got a wide draw. It's a quandary for punters. I think that's what adds to the spice of the race. As as it stands, we just get an older age handicap in essence, a quality one, but nevertheless, it just lacks the spice of um, what potentially was in the older days. Anyway, we'll come to selections. Uh, come to you, John, first on this. Astro King is nine to two favourite for the Baron and uh, PJ McDonald. Any of you here? Yeah, I mean, if if it, if it was rattling fast ground, um, which I don't think it will be, because I don't think it'll quite dry, dry out enough. I, I, I'd have been quite keen on his chance, to be honest, because I think he'd love the trip out of a Montreal mare. But um, I'm I'm all over one here, and that is straight of Hormuz. He's back on a winning mark, didn't handle a slop and the camber at Epsom last time. I think this has a massive chance, and me two dangers are Fishable, who I think still a very progressive horse. I think he'd have gone close at the Dante meeting, and he'd have been the choice with a better draw. And a funny one here, Johnny Drama, who has a massive chance to improve his turf rate and to get close to his all-weather one. There's no reason why he can't, really, uh, unless he's a raspberry and he can only run on the all-weather now. He's run second at York on soft off 99. He's off 98 here. And as I say, he's hardly had a chance on turf since he's had his wind done. You know, so when you, when you read back through his farm, he's, I think he's only run twice on turf since they did his wind. Yeah. Do you think Johnny, Johnny Drama needs softer ground on turf? As I say, if, he, if he's a raspberry, fair enough, he, he's going to bomb out, but I'm not letting him run loose. I'm backing him and Fishable and cover the straight of home who's big bet. Okie doke. Love that. A big bet straight of home who's John. 25 to 1, covering Fishable uh, for Tim Easter Bay at 16s and also Johnny Drama cover at 12s. He doesn't want to see that win um, and without without breaking at least level on the race. Andy, your views here, please. Um, I, I like Astro King as a horse. It just worries me that the Royal Ascot form is always uh, it never works here basically um there have been plenty of horses that have come on from Royal Ascot that have bombed out in this and I think they get backed because it, that, that sort of form is you know that recency the, the form is there in people's minds so it slightly puts me off Astray King uh, who was in the Hunt Cup and Ade who went in the Duke of Edinburgh I think the key piece of form here is Surrey Pride. I'm almost wishing he wasn't drawn as wide as he is. But if you look at the draw, nine of the last 13 were housed in stalls 11 or higher from 128 runners. And four from 115 were drawn lower than that. So it does edge me towards the wide, even the wider draws, which sort of flies in the face of uh, of where you would think. But they do swing wide down the home straight at um, at York. Uh, and sorry, Pride, has he been saved for this? I think Joe Chewitt is a very, very good trainer. 
that course and distance win in May has been world franked. The second, Macram has won since. The fourth, Pivoine has won. The fifth, Chichester won. The seventh, Blue Cup won. And the eighth, which was John's Fishable. Uh, that's also obviously won since as well. He's no stranger to winning um, big handicaps at York because he won the 2015 uh, A-ball with Litigant at 33 to 1 with Oshin on, um, which must have been <laughs> one of his first big winners. Um, so I think Surrey Pride is probably the one that I want to be with. I'm a little bit worried about the draw, but I think the draw stats uh, give me enough on that. Um, and a couple of others that were sort of interesting. Lucanda, although it ran an absolute shocker last time out of Royal Ascot, but I think he was drawn on the wrong side. He used two from two here. Um, and in just a little in-running point for those who do play, don't worry if he hits a big price because he did that in both of his wins here, 23 and 30 in both of those. And if he did stay, Hartswood has got some really good York form, but it's all at seven furlongs. He's finished third, first, second and third here. He might, if they stayed, he would be interesting, but it is a bit of a, a, an iffy one. But I think um, I should take Surrey Pride and uh, row in with John's um, other selections as well in what I found was quite a tricky race. And like you guys, it is just sort of almost become a fairly good class, but fairly ordinary handicap now, wasn't it? It's a bit like the Bunbury Cup that used to have a bit of kudos about it. And I think they've just sort of become fairly ordinary handicaps now. But I'll, I'll take Surrey Pride because I do think that form uh, from the course and distance we win here in May was very, very good. Good stuff. Great preview, Andy. So Surrey Pride at 8-1 to one, uh, for Joe Tweet and Paul Mulrennan from the wide draw. Um, rightly says that the draw probably doesn't make much difference over the mile and two and a half. They probably go a bit hard and mm-hmm. there's a long, longer run to the bend. That's why the draw works out over the mile because the short run to the bend where you need a low draw, but then the draw gets higher as you get up in trip, as we know with the Ebo, obviously, you, you know, wide, wide, wider draws are more favoured than... I always, the... think with, I always think with draws as well, if you get horses, I mean, there's, there's a couple of examples at Chester this evening where horses who are hold-up horses are drawn low and they're almost forced into changing their run style because yeah. of the draw. Yeah. And it sometimes just doesn't suit them. And you think, well, if you're drawn low at... Chester, the, the obvious thing is to go forward, and perhaps it is in this sort of race as well. But you know, the horse just then thinks, "Hang on, what am I doing here? This is just not normal." Um, and and that almost sort of doesn't sort of play in their advantage. So I wouldn't be worried, too worried about the wide draw here at all. No, for sure. Um, so just for me, just a, a quickie. I just I thought Dark Pine was worth a mention, at a juicy twenty-eight to one. Um, I did feel that the horse still has more to offer. If you watch the Chester run behind uh, when he beat Fox Tau, that's the, you know, he, he gave that horse probably, well, he, he, it was great watching it. Four lengths he made up in the last, last further than a half. He, he's from a good family. I don't think the yard have got the bot to, to the, to, to the top of him yet uh, from, from Dermot Weld. Uh, Dermot Weld knew the family and, and, you know, he's a very, very good family, this. And so a dark pine, I thought was interesting at long odds at 28 to one with Cameron Noble taking a valuable three off as well. One of the best three pound claimers around, uh, not as good as Ray Dawson, but Cameron Noble is certainly worth his three. So dark pine for me. So I oh, hope oh, you got some interesting selections there, folks. Uh, we move on to the final race at York that we're covering, which is a 440. It's the uh, City Wall Stakes listed race. Over five furlongs, Winter Power. 
holds the price at two to one with thick Dave John in the saddle. Yeah, this is you get out the shit race, isn't it, really? <laughs> um, I, I have to confess, I've actually availed myself of some 11 to four earlier in the wake about this. Um, I was having a look at it and I must admit, I did think the ground might be a little bit wetter than it is, but uh, I'm still pretty happy with my 11 to 4. Um, because really, I had doubts over Hopalong's horse with the, uh, with the, the ground situation being as it was. But that was the only one really that I thought would possibly give us a bit of a problem. But other than that, I think this will pants up, in all honesty. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, my view was that that I felt it, it's a big flat five. This and whatever gets rolling can keep rolling over the five here. We've seen it uh, many a time. So there is a there is a bit of a randomness here, and I, this will be run at a stupid, stupid pace. But winter winter power for me, um, I did feel was was the one to be on. The earlier form with Atalis Bay. Um, uh, uh, in in the Westo Stakes, the listed race, I think that's pretty good form. Um, Atalis a, a Bay uh, did win at Sandown next time, um, and I do think that Winter Power is the one to beat. But I'm I'm a, a bit less keen at probably two to one, fifteen to eight. Being honest, um, I was very keen at your eleven to four and five to two, but now I'm less keen at the prices. But I do think this is one of these races where everything's going to burst itself, burst. Burst on the front end. What do you think, Andy? Uh, perhaps John will give you a bit of his eleven to four. Not a <laughs> <laughs> no chance. Of, no chance. No chance. No chance of that then. Just fry in the basement and and she'll get the scraps. I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, it's literally like that. Well, what's, what's your thoughts here? I think there's plenty of pace. Well, the obvious there's plenty of pace on here. You've got El Astronauti, Kayamoro, Bedford Flyer, Dakota Gold, and Winter Power. Now, Winter Power got hooked up in a pace duel last time out in the King's Stand, and that's my worry again. Um, at 11 to 4, I think I probably would have erred towards being a backer. At 2 to 1, I'm erring towards being a layer. Um, uh, I mean, seven of the 11 are course and distance winners. I'm uh, edging towards Moss Gill. He's got a very, very good York record. 2-2-1-1-3 is the full record. Um, won this last year with Kayamoro, Tarbush and El Astronauti uh, in his wake. They were third, fourth and ninth. Um, the second of 11 at Haydock to Kings Lynn, who went on to be seventh in the Kings Stand and third in the Wokingham. Ran a cracking race in the Wokingham, to be honest with you, uh, Kings Lynn. I think that form stands up well. The only slight doubt is if that pace holds up and you saw it a little bit this afternoon uh, in the race in at York, there weren't a lot coming off the back, was there? No. That is, will if that pace holds up, then undoubtedly the best of the pace forces is Winter Power. Just sticking in my mind is that pace duel that Winter Power got hooked up in in the King Stand last time out. And maybe, maybe, I'd just, I'd rather chance Moss Gill at sort of what, five to one? Yeah. Than so, to power at sort of twos, unless so, they give me a bit of his eleven to four, and that's not going to be likely. <laughs> so Moskill at five to one for Andy. John's already smashed Thick Dave uh, at eleven to four, and John's got a lot of faith in Thick Dave, so that's winter power. Myself, I have to sit on the fence at the prices because, like I said, I'm with John at the price, but but not not now. John John's had the value, you know, he's like that. You know, he, he, he takes it all. T- takes all the prices for himself. Leaves nothing for anyone else. 
Anyway, we'll move to the uh, HQ uh, fair uh, that we've got on Saturday. Um, obviously, this is the, the, the main card. And, um, gents, I, I thought there was a little bit of a possible bias kicking into the far rail uh, late on. Mick, Mick Appleby's horse in the sprint um, stuck like glue to that far rail. The Applebys are shrewd. Um, and, you know, nearly, nearly held on from the uh, the fast-finishing candy horse that's obviously well in. So I've just got this feeling that the far rail might be the place to be tomorrow. But then it, this could be all bollocks because by the time the showers and thunderstorms come in, it could be anywhere. It could, we, we, talk, we could be talking complete rubbish. Anyway, we've got... All, all the watering cans out. Yeah. We, so, so we, well, that's it. Yeah, Mr. Prosser. You know, I mean, what's... It? I mean, that's amazing. He, he, he chucked it on the first night. He chucked it on last night. Surely he's not going to chuck it on tonight. Surely. There's actually a yellow weather warning uh, up until about eight or nine o'clock in the East Anglian area. And there was some, some localised flooding in Norwich. So they, whether they get away with missing it all or not is another matter. Hmm. Interesting, and these, the, you know, when when you're doing these podcasts, you know, you always try and give punters the best info, but at the same time, it is quite difficult because we don't know what ground we're dealing with. Right, so we've gone to the two or five. It's the Bedford Lodge Hotel and Spa Phillies Handicap, a Class Two event, and the favourite is Samut at 100 to 30. Uh, uh, John, any views here? Well, Samut was a bit of a revelation to me last time on the slap at Ascot because. I didn't think there was any way she'd go through that. I mean, she's only a little bit bigger than a Labrador as well. Um, so I'm not inclined to be too interested in the 100 to 30 about her. Uh, my initial thought was to get the patty out the fridge and let the dog in for 10 minutes. <laughs> um, mm. But then I stumbled across Rising Star of Marco Botti's. And when you take the kids' allowance into account, this is running off 80 here, which I think is a very fair mark. Draws not too bad uh, in eight. And uh, I think that's a little bit sporting in a race that looks probably harder than trying to bang Mrs. Kamani. So you think you're thinking Rising Star at 28? Yeah. Yeah, with the, with the churchy in the saddle taking the five off. Yeah. Okie dokie. So, so that's John with Rising Star at 28 for the Phillies uh, handicap. Andy, you, you any views in this? Nothing particularly strong. I, I do like King Mania as a horse. Um, looks progressive off a career high mark of 86. Like John, I was a bit surprised by Samut's run in the uh, Sandrinum last time out. Went up £3 for that. It wasn't a bad run, in fact, if you think, if you consider her track position at the time as well, which was away from the, uh, the uh, well, it wasn't exactly a golden highway, was it? But um, it was a, the golden slop on the uh, on the stand side. A, 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 a token selection would be King Mania, but... Um, I haven't got any paint in the fridge, but um, I might be going to uh, put the kettle on at that point. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually like one in here, but I, I would like it to remain possibly on the quick side. Um, and that's obviously not guaranteed. Uh, Spirit of Bermuda for, for Willie Haggis and Tom Marquand at the 8-1 to one mark. This is one of my better bets on Saturday. Um, this horse was uh, ran against Bullace uh, and the likes of Crossford in a very, very good handicap at Newmarket on reappearance. Uh, got tired in the closing stages. The official going description was good to firm. It wasn't. 
It was very loose on top, and it was probably slow slider good um, at that time when they run that race. Now, uh, if you watch that race, Spirit of Bermuda was right there inside the final furlong, got tired late, then refused to race. This this filly's had a problem with the stalls. And then, so they took her to Leicester last time out, and she absolutely bolted up. I mean, bolted up. Um, and the, the in-running prices were funny. She got a Betfair SP of about 5, 4.9. As soon as she come out of the lids, she was like 6 to 4 after 50 yards. And I, I, I kid you not, I was, I was looking for a price, and she was 6 to 4, and she absolutely bolted up. She, she's definitely well enough 86. She has got a stall version. So that's the problem. You know, you might be sat there, you know, with the old ha- the old Hamlet advert, you know, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> you know, you can remember the music, you know, um, uh, you know, when she sat in the stalls, so that's the problem. But eight to one, I think I'd take a chance because um, you won't get that in running. She pings the lids again. She'll be about, I, I would say, about a three to one chance after a couple of furlongs. Well, that's if him running punters are clued up. So that's spirit, uh, spirit of um, uh Bermuda for William Haggis would be my choice. Right, we move on to the 240 race, the next race on ITV, and it's the uh, Bet365 mile handicap, and a very, very well-bet favourite here. This reminds me of a bit of, of Baid, where you're betting potential over-proven. Uh, Royal Fleet heads the market at 6-4. to four. Andy, I'll come to you first. Uh, I, I, it wasn't a race. I had three-year-old handicaps that usually races I try and avoid, but I... I worked his mark back and 94s whilst it's not lenient um it's not it's not going over the top i mean both his novice wins have worked out exceedingly well um when he defied a penalty last time out on his return at yarmouth okay he was expected to win he was 15 to 8 on favorite but the second third and seventh of all one next time out the seventh actually won a handicap of 71 if you do a bit of cod handicapping, it makes 94 a reasonable mark here. I thought if I was going to do anything in here, um, I might be just fiddling around with trying to lay uh, latest generation, but he's gone a little bit too big for, for my taste these days. He's back versus his own age group. He split two older horses last time out, but he didn't travel well in the race and he didn't settle early either, uh, which usually send the price skyrocketing. It didn't look to be an awful lot of strength in depth in this, did there? Um no. Was it Cahal? Um, hasn't got yeah. really got any turf form. Uh, Quader was beaten off 99, which looks a harsh mark when he was seventh in the Britannia last time out to Perotto, who's favourite, admittedly, for the uh, Bunbury Cup later on. It didn't look the hardest um, task for Royal Fleet. And whilst I wouldn't be steaming in at six to four, I don't think I would be laying him at that price either, especially with... Uh, Mr. Appleby in pretty decent form at the moment. Good stuff. John, your thoughts on this? I, I, I don't like the favourite. I think it's a nice horse. Um, the one I'm interested in is Cahill of uh, the Chirps. Um, the reason I, I like it, really, um, the half-brother manager, racing course rating of 96, that one was trained by William Muir. Um, so I, I tend to think Mr Haggis can probably eke a bit more out of this one I think there's the potential there for this one to race higher than it is at the minute um, also what I did notice the Sheikh Ahmed Al-Maktoum crew 
had two in this, and the other one was the Roger Varian house that won, won its maiden at Leicester. Name escapes me at the minute. Um, beat Thayer of St. Michael Stouts and the pulled about 11 length player. Yeah. The second run in Novice Company probably came on it a bit quick and it struggled on. But I would have been quite fancying that if I'd brought that in. I think the fact that Mark Wang was jocked up for this very, very early on what's a busy weekend for Haggis, I think this could be the one that's possibly going places for him. I, th- I think this is his significant runner today. And uh, I think was just about on the cusp of me getting my feet wet. Okay, okay. So that's so Cahill interests John for Willie Haggis, Tom Marcon at seven to two. Thinks thinks there's more to come. Obviously Willie's very shrewd. Um Andy references Royal Fleet, probably like like he says, you know, that the value's probably been eked out the horse, but he's not a layer either at six to four. Obviously a very smart prospect. Um I, I my interest in the race has ended. Because uh, the kilts horse Carter, um, I was interested in at sort of anti purse prices at twelve to one, thinking you know this, the way the new market rides usually, you know, Johnson will just bang it out. And bearing in mind there's only seven runners. Up, didn't he? Well, look, I was right with Sir Ron Priestley. You know that's 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 how that's how they got Alazi beat, and and the same again here. I mean, you've got Carter that will just basically from stall seven. Mm-hmm. Bomb out, bomb out against that far rail, and you know that it's a problem. But there's a squeeze on the price. It's like now five to one. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've you've seventy eight year old Joe in the saddle, you know, <laughs> flap, flapping away inside the final furlong. It's not good viewing. It's X rated viewing, in fact, especially when you see Royal Fleet on its quarters. Then you know. So I, my interest is finished. So like I agree with you, chaps. I think I think it's, it's kind of probably about rightly priced at the moment as it stands overnight. So we'll move on to the three fifteen. It's the seven furlong race, the Bet three six five superlative stakes, a Group Two contest where Debab, the unlucky horse in the Coventry, really finished sixth. Frankie Dessori takes the mount for John and Slim at nine to four. John, I'll come to you first on the superlative. Yeah, I think it's lovely that John and the real slim thirty um, have reneged on there. Well, this one is Rab's ride, and we're sticking with Rab wherever possible. <laughs> um, well, Rab blew it, didn't he, in the Coventry? So he's off. Yeah, rightly so. Um, to, probably to the great re- relief of Poseidon, third of red racing. But <laughs> I, I can't be with this at nine to four. Um, I mean it's. It's chances obvious. The, the, the one I like here is actually for the Screaming Kilt. I thought Austrian Theory did it really well on debut at Doncaster. and I liked him physically, and I think a lot of these that are going up in trip will be asking about playing jockeys. And, you know, just take a lead this and just drop him in, all the rest of it. And uh, there's no substitute for experience in those cases. When you've got 97 years of experience in the saddle, <laughs> picking the lids and jumping out, bagging the rail and quick minute up three out and the rest of them are playing after you, Claude. I think this is massive value actually at 18 to 1 for the poor fella who has had such rotten luck this way with subjectivists. So I would actually quite like to see it win as well because I think he's quite a nice bloke actually. Yeah, it's a shame he's got him with a kilt, but Austrian theory. Yeah. Austrian theory for John. 
and uh, Flapperger at around the 18 to 1 mark for the superlative. Uh, Andy, your thoughts on this, please? Um, I'm going to go Godolphin, but I've got a feeling that the second string might outrun his price here in private signal. Um, I quite like this horse, actually. Um, and he's a, it strikes me as a real improver. And I don't think he should be as big a price as he is against A, his stable mate, and as, as big as he is here. I mean, he's looking sort of 12, 14 to 1 on Betfair is what I'm looking at at the moment. And I think that's overpriced against his stable mate. The stable are going very, very well at the moment. Um, Debab at the price, I can, I can afford to leave alone. Um, Mr. McCann, I thought, was given a race at, at Haydock last time out, but they all fell asleep and just gave him an easy lead. Yeah. I think it's a dolphin pair, but don't don't dis, um, don't discount the white cap here uh, with the Doyler on board, or one of the variations, or one of the Doyler variants, as we must call them now. <laughs> perhaps we should give, perhaps we perhaps mm-hmm. we should go. Are we allowed to call them that? Perhaps we should give them. Uh, Give them uh, uh, Greek alphabet names. I'm not sure what James would be. I'm not sure what J is in the Greek alphabet, but maybe we can find out. But um, I think in, in a race where I'm not a big two-year-old punter, um, but Native Trail and pr- Private Signal, they've done, you know, they traditionally do well at this meeting in the maiden golfing, and they did today. They had a one-three today in the first race. Uh, nice horse that won the first race today. I've forgotten his. I've immediately forgotten his name. Noble Truth. Uh, I think they'd have won one four, in fact. Um, but I think Native Trail and Private Signal. Uh, I think Private Signal is just a little bit overpriced. Uh, priced at the moment. Um, and of course, you'll get a, a feeling for the Chesham and the Coventry for me. Great Max and Masakela were. Uh, the third and fifth in the Cheshire and Debab was sixth in the Coventry but I'll stick with the boys in blue who are having a pretty decent season but just it would just be a very small investment for me in a two-year-old race. Indeed good good selections there Native Trail um, uh, Charlie Appleby William Buick currently at three to one Andy also likes Private Signal at long odds uh, with a doiler at 14 to one Um, Native Trail obviously will come on a lot for the first run uh, did have a big round action, I felt, at Sandown. Um, so if the ground was still riding very quick, I would be a little bit concerned for Native Trail. Very round action, I felt. Um, so any juice. If the rain falls that afternoon, guys, Native Trail, I could even see uh, starting a heavily backed favourite. Uh, I know it's by Oasis Dream, but the round action for me says that wants cut. Um, just at a long price, I'm lacking a few long prices tomorrow. Papa Cocktail of Tom Clover's, Jack Mitchell, might not be good enough to win. But basically, um, he's ran two perfectly good races. Third in a very solid Yarmouth maiden behind New Science. The second horse reached for the moon um, of, uh, of John Gosling's ran second in the Chesham. Shit, very well that day. I thought it was very brave to go for a gap at Haydock last time. I like that. Uh, the gap didn't open behind, behind Red Power for a while. He, he found the gap. He, he, he strode on nicely. And, and I, I, like, I like him. I like him physically. He's by Churchill. Um, Coolmore will be watching this closely, hoping for a for a result there. And I just I just felt Papa Cocktail at sixteen to one was very very big indeed. I, I certainly wouldn't go that because I, I I expect him to be in the three or the four, and I'll be playing him in the uh, in the long places on the exchanges. Um, right, we move on to the three fifty. It's the uh, Bunbury Cup, the seven furlong Bunbury Cup, famous handicap. Heritage handicap. This, in fact, Bet365 actually called this the boy. It's not the <laughs> Bet365 
handicap over so it's the bet 365 bunbury cup thanks bet 365 you remind us it's the bunbury cup nine to two parotta uh is the favorite andy i'll come to you first on this that's well, a three-year-old. Don't get many of these in, in Heritage Handicaps, do you? We've got two. We've got two. The last, well, it was one last year. The last placed three-year-old um, in the Bunbury Cup actually was trained by the kilt. Oh, that's, that's disappointing, 2018. John. <laughs> 2018. But there haven't been many since 2014. Um, if my maths is right, there's only been five three-year-olds have actually run in this. Um, and the best placing was the second with Sir Dancelot back in 2017. He turned out to be a, a decent horse. And 2014, the fifth was Ertijal. Um, but they're the only three-year-olds, and we've got two this time. Um, Parotto is actually £5 well in. Um, the vagaries of handicapping here. Um, if you if you want to work back, if you work back through this, he's actually pretty well handicapped. He got raised £2 for a short-head victory at Goodwood in early June. Uh, then they framed the weights for this. The penalty got him into the Britannia, uh, which had already closed. And it means that he's actually only now £2 higher than he was at Ascot. But th- again, there's not that many winners from the Royal Meeting have, have followed up. Um, in fact, the last one in this was back in 1986. called Patriarch for our older listeners. Um, I quite like Fundamental in this, um, the other, the other three-year-old. Interestingly, he's actually £6 well in. Um, two of the th- um, and he ran well in the jersey. He was fifth in the jersey last time out. Now two of the three winners, age three, ran in that group uh, Royal Ascot group race before taking this off 101 and 102. He's rated 100, as I said, um, and he's shown some promise in stakes races earlier. He actually comes from a Group One winning family, and interestingly enough, he's entered in two Group Twos in recent in um, in the near future. So. Um, whether that's just a little bit of a pointer, um, I'm just having a look to see where he's actually drawn. Um, 14? Yeah, should be, should be okay, shouldn't it? If we think that that far side is going to hold up. There's a few others in this that you could give uh, chances to. Uh, Mutakael, Mutakael, who won this last year of 105, he's up 109. I should mention that Richard farley has got a good record in this race. He runs three. He's doing a kilt, but a blanket bombing them. Um, National League, Gabriel the Wire and Tadbill, none of them have won for ages, really, but you should mention those. And I thought one at a big price was Caribana, who has been running well and got drawn on the wrong side in the Buckingham Palace in the slot last time out. I think that one could run quite a big race at a, at a main price. The one I would avoid, who should be relatively, relatively short in a big handicap, is Roger Varian's horse, Jumeira Bay. Um, he's got a penalty, and since um, 2000, Roger Varian horses uh, penalised in handicaps are two from 23. It's, it's very much uh, statistically poor, shall we say. And he's had a few beaten up at short prices, so I'd be a little bit negative on Jumeira Bay. But there's all sorts of horses. I'm sure Kimmy Five will run well, but he always seems to run well and not do anything. And then you've got horses like Rising Sand, Old Clips of Capri, who I'd quite like to see win, but an, an amethyst as well. But he could, that still one could be the wrong side. So I'll take fundamental on the fact that um, maybe they think he's a better horse than he is. Uh, and may, uh, bigger prices, uh, Carabana is certainly one I'm going to keep an eye on. Cool. So fundamental at 15 to 2. For Andy, with the with the entries in the group two as, as his angle there, like obviously better than the handicapper, um, and um, the Richard Hughes horse, uh, Caribana, 
at a nice price of 28 to 1. Um, if you fancy uh, following Andy's selection there. John, your thoughts here? This is a very hard race. This is probably on a par with writing a letter to Kylie detailing what you're going to do with a shopping trolley and half a gallon of Swarfiga and expect that. <laughs> I have managed to dig one out here, um, which is Lee Rich, Richard Spencer's, at 40 to 1. It, this has had some funny rides, actually. Um, we had Angus Villas up top three times out the last six, and it ran away with Early Turner, sorry, Hales, uh, in the uh, last race at Ascot that it ran in. Um, Mr. Leary, very, very much the in-farm flavour of the month after today. Um, I think this will get a better ride here. Um, even the trainers in his comments in the post, he, he, he said he's been a bit unlucky this year. Um, he, he said it didn't pan out for him when he ran away with Hayley. I suppose that's one way of saying it didn't pan out for him. So I, I'm going with that one. I would just point out as well, Andy selection fundamental. The real slim theory has, has a lot to learn here. Um, rather than using the comment section of the post to detail a litany of problems that the horse has had and what a really good trainer he is to even get the horse here, he has actually said that he'd probably be in business if it doesn't piss down, which is far, far too helpful to us punters. <laughs> Sure, his father will be taking him to the woodshed as we speak. Pretty <laughs> good spanking. Uh, class, class, class output, John. Yeah, love it. So, <laughs> Revit uh, for for Sean Levy, the man of the moment, forty to one for John. Um, Andy obviously mentioned fundamental, as I mentioned. Uh, for me, uh, it's Peyton Gin. Uh, I will say though, there's no pace forecast. I don't know if you've looked, guys. There's no pace whatsoever forecast for the Bunbury Cup. Nothing. Nothing goes forward. They're all going to play jockeys. Some idiot will bag far rail at, at, at 80 to 1 and make all. That's my prediction. So we move on to the 425, which is our final race, thankfully, if you're still here and listening. Um, it is the uh, Darley July Cup, the very big one uh, of the day. And Starman is the very well-backed favourite at the moment at 4 to 1 for Dead Walker and Tom Marquand. Um, any view here, John, on the July Cup? Wow, yes. Um, fantastic race, really. Mm. Uh, really, really good July Cup, I think. Yeah. Uh, I can't have Oxted because that would mean I was wrong at Ascot. And. <laughs> 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 um, I'm convinced he benefited from the collapse of all collapses of the pace in that King's Stand. I know he was well back to that, all the rest of it, and as though they were expecting a return to Farmer Glories. But I, honestly, I'm, I'm not convinced. I think, I think he's, he's run through corpses at Ascot. And I, I, I think this lot are, are a bit tasty. You know, I, I think Dragon Symbol's bloody good. I think Creative Force looked fantastic in uh, in the jersey. I was really impressed with him. They won't yeah. give a if it rains, either of those two. You know, um, it, it's an absolute ripper of a race, really. Um, and 
I, I think what I'm probably going to do, I'm going to bet creative force and save on dragon symbol. So the three-year-olds, yeah. The, I mean, I mean, that, I mean, to be honest, that's my angle. I, I'm basically saying the three-year-olds are better. The three-year-olds this year in the sprinting division are better than the elders. I'm certain of it. I'm, I, in fact, I'm, I'm so certain of it that as long as something gets the run of the race of the three-year-olds, a three-year-old will win it. Um, sounding like Rolf Harris, I'm liking three year olds as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Rohan for me gets a perfect towing again on that far rail. Um, say that win though. Lot, lot of pace. The problem is Newmarket. It's not Ascot. It's not, you know, it's Newmarket. You, you, you can't get behind. I mean, literally, if you get that far behind, you're not going to make that ground up if it stays fast. And these are all the quandaries that we don't know yet. But Do we, do we want Rohan to win, though? I mean, he should get up our asses with that, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, I mean, look, the current owners are fine. Uh, Chris Kiley racing and, you know, obviously Dean Kiley, the goalkeeper, the family, that family is great. The previous owners were absolute shithouses, obviously stopping it at Lingfield um, with Dara Keane and getting a getting a misjudged ride ban when clearly it was just bloody stopped. But, you know, what can you do? Um, it, it's, it's, look, I mean, it, it, you'd boot, so, some would say, I even said boo them in after Ascot when everyone was saying, you know, <laughs> what what a wonderful performance this was. But anyway, I, I think a three-year-old will win it. I'm sorry I can't be more uh, direct than that because I don't know how the track will ride. I don't know where the place to be. Well, it should be far side, which will be against Dragon Symbol. Um, and creative force, but Rohan should get a towing. But then it might play out totally different tomorrow if we get showers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think the three-year-olds are superior to the elders. Andy, over to you to finish this <laughs> rather long show off. Well, it could. It will really boil everyone's piss if Rohan wins, won't it? Um, I have a particular soft spot for this horse, um, partly because um, he's done me three real favours this year. Uh, and giving me a bit of kudos as well, because I do write a the one little bit of uh, writing I do these days is for um, Paul Jones's site, who I've known for a long time. I write oh, a column yeah, every yeah. week beating the bias, which is doing very, very well. It has, I've written for five years. It's basically horses run away the pace bars, a bit like the old Jimmy Lindley bit that you boys do. Um, <laughs> But maybe maybe sometimes a little bit more of us. But Rohan, I, I shoved in after he was fifth in that handicap with um, Jumbi, expecting him to win another handicap. And I've followed him ever since. Of course, he's then gone and won at Haydock and, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And just really surprised. Like you, Lee, I really do. I, I sort of the current connections, yeah, great. Um, let's take that out of it. Um, I just... He's got a real profile that reminds me of Harry Angel in this. Yeah. Um, and it would have been fascinating to see him in the Commonwealth Cup. Again, we don't know how it's going to work out. That's that's my my one thing when I saw this race, and I agree with John, fantastic race. If you thought the Falmouth was a fantastic race to that, and I don't normally get that excited about flat races, to be honest with you. Anyone who knows me is, you know, three-mile handicap chases I get excited about, but... You know, flat races I can sort of take or leave. But this is, you know, if there's one race, I, if somebody said you could watch one race tomorrow, this would be it. I uh, think it's a fantastic race. Starman is going to need it not to rain, um, but it's got a good chance. But at the price now, four to one, mm, I'm not completely convinced. Oxted, yeah, did he benefit from that pace collapse last time out? 
Um, since 1985, there's actually been 16 key stand winners have been uh, have been beaten um, in have beaten in this race. Horses like Last Tycoon, Shake Alberdoon, Lock Song, Pivotal, uh, Chwazir, Soul Power, and Blue Point. So there's been a few good ones, and there could be a pace war, um, which might suit him. It might not. We don't really know. Um, yeah, you know, Dragon Dragon Symbol. It's a bit, you know, I thought he was a little bit unlucky at um, uh, Ascot when he got, you know, booted out for Campanale. Um, I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick with Rohan, but it, I must admit it's 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 heart ruling head uh, there. But I am going to stick with him because I, I would I really would like to see him win. And um, but any of those any of those five in single figures on Betfair at the moment are fantastic. And the three and five year olds have dominated. We've actually only had one six year old. Uh, six year olds and older are one from 71 since 1997. So you are taking a little bit of a risk um, back in those at the moment. But heart ruling head, I'll go Rohan again and hope that there's um, everything goes lickety split and um, he can uh, whiz past them coming up the hill. Good stats there from Andy. Good, good about the six year olds there. Well, lovely to hear uh, research like that. Um, so yeah, we're all about the three year olds. We like the three year olds, like Rolf Harris. Me, Andy and John, love the three-year-olds. Um, so that's a suitable note to finish. Um, we, 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 we hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you're back some winners tomorrow. Um, myself and John are back on Sunday to chew the fat earlier than normal. We're producing the sermon at midday on Sunday because obviously of, of a certain matter of a certain football game on the Sunday evening. Which, no one wants it around that time. Um, I'm sure you've got other better things to do that day. So hope you enjoyed the show. It's bye from me, John and Andy. Bye for now.